This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this Free For All Friday. It's Christmas Eve. And uh, when I woke up, it looked like we were going to have a white Christmas. But, uh, you know, at this point, I'm not so sure. Maybe the weather people are right saying, "Uh uh-uh. By tomorrow, it will be gone. And what about other preparations for the holidays? I mean, uh, the bad news, uh, the numbers are exploding as the experts predicted they would. More than 9,500 cases today. Wow. Um, There is uh, at least one expert who predicted, though, saying that, you know what, It's exploded quickly, and in all likelihood, it will recede quickly. Let's hope that he is right. And uh, there's been some good news from several studies that show that it is actually not as severe. The jury is still out on that because, of course, our population is different than Africa, South Africa, where we first discovered this, though uh, it's not entirely clear that that's where it actually first started. So um, what do you make of all of this? It's the second Christmas, uh, you know, where we have this thing, this COVID, where there are restrictions, where if we see our friends and loved ones, it's going to be in a limited way. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. I'd like to know, simple question, what are you doing for the holiday? Are you scaling back? Are you perhaps uh, not doing anything? not seeing anyone, at least not in person. Um, Just uh, let me know and uh, talk about what you're going to do to make the day festive. Because uh, it is, you know, it feels different. And of course, uh, uh, you know, I didn't grow up celebrating Christmas, though I celebrate with my husband now, have been for many, many years. And uh, you can feel it. Uh, let me give the numbers out. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, I just want to throw out another thing because we had to leave a lot of calls on the table yesterday. Towards the end of the show, we talked to Mayor Patrick Brown and Uh, His city council in Brampton voted $100,000 to support the legal challenge to Bill 21 in Quebec, which is 
preventing people from wearing overt religious symbols if they have a public job in authority. And uh, that law has been in effect for a while, but it flared up because a grade three teacher, beloved by her students, was barred from her classroom because she was wearing a hijab. It means somebody who wears a turban couldn't be a judge or a police officer. Same if somebody's wearing a kippah. So uh, Patrick Brown is, he's leading the charge for municipalities and other municipalities have followed suit, though they're not all kicking in money. And uh, the question is, do you think that's a good use of municipal tax money? Or do you think, uh, don't touch the cash? So uh, again, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's begin with Lisa in Toronto. Hi, Lisa. Hi there, Libby. How are you doing today? Fine. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I hope you and yours are all well. Thank you. You Um, too. The reason I called in today is I've got a question that I haven't heard answered by any of the uh, science table people. Um, this Omicron variant is so virulent in the environment. Um, I'm wondering, if you're walking down the street, for instance, and somebody else isn't masked, should you be wearing a mask all the time now outdoors because it's so um, transmissible in the air? Well, uh, I haven't heard anybody answer that question. Well, yesterday I was talking to Dr. Prabhat Jha, and he said no. He said if you're just walking down the street outside and you just pass somebody, um, uh, he doesn't think that that is a dangerous situation. But you really should be careful inside uh, you know, for any length of time, and that maybe there were suggestions that you should be double masking. What kind of a mask do you wear, Lisa? I, I wear a pretty good mask. It's not an N- N95, but it's a very high-filtered mask, and I wear a cloth mask. Over it, yeah. Over a top of that. So too. you are double masked. I'm triple masked. Triple masked. Oh my God. Well, I just I, I live in Kensington, and we have a lot of people that it's a destination neighborhood. So there's a lot of people that come down here that don't mask, unfortunately. And um, so that was my question about walking down the street. I was a little concerned uh, about not just myself, but people around me uh, getting sick. Just well, because. and I know in Kensington Market, there are, there are sort of stores that are kind of indoor-outdoor, right? right? They have part of their stuff outside, and you might get quite close to somebody uh, there. So, I mean, in that situation, I'm not an expert, but I would think the safe thing is is to mask. But if you're just walking, I'm looking outside the studio, and I just saw two people walking by, but the rest of the block is empty. So I, I wouldn't worry walking the street outside the studio here, but if I were in Kensington Market getting a few fruits and veg, I, I would wear a mask. That's well, thank me. you. Thanks, because I just, I, I've been waiting, trying to listen to hear, hear that, because they say it's airborne, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm walking down the street, somebody's 10 feet ahead of me, I'm getting their air. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... That was my question. I think you're being you're being pretty careful. I mean, the the bottom line on this it was interesting. You know, I heard some people talking about feeling guilty 
when they test positive and and professionals are saying look you know this thing is just so transmissible that it may be just very hard to avoid right though we're doing our best i mean you know most um i i'm i i know some people who've been kind of close contacts and some people sort of removed who tested positive but you know no one in my uh, immediate circle here has got it so it's getting closer, I have to say that. Yeah, well, if you listen to Premier Kenny, we're all going to get it anyway, so... Well, don't listen to Premier Kenny. <laughs> that would be my advice, Lisa. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Thanks for your call. Thanks. Okay, Sita. Hi, Sita. Hi, Libby. Merry Christmas to you and your thank, family. Thank you. Um, Christmas as a child was the best. It was all about family and big feasts. Eventually, children started to get a small gift in a sock. I came to Canada, and gifts was for all age. Christmas was so commercialized. Gifts has less sentiments. So one of the biggest takeaway from this pandemic is what is missing. And what most of us want is not gifts. It's spending quality time with loved ones. So stick to your small bubble. Be thankful. And practice all your caution and have a safe holiday. Uh, Sita, where did you grow up? Where did you have those uh, idyllic Christmases? I came from Guyana. Uh-huh. And we're from a huge family. My dad, we're like 12 siblings. Wow. Yes. And um, my parents, Christmas Day, they would make a big feast, invite all the cousins, the children would play. And we had a great time. We didn't have gifts for the beginning. Eventually, See, I've, I've got to know, what did you cook for Christmas? What, what, what was the feast? The feast was like a curry, roti, um, chow mein, rice, a, a, a chick. Well, we didn't have turkey much to go on, but you could do a turkey who could afford it and fruit cake, black cake. I, I'm yep. going to have to stop you because I'm getting too hungry <laughs> when you talk about that. Sita, thanks for your call, and uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, dogs. Stay safe. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that sounds really good. Can you imagine making it for uh, 12 siblings and all the cousins? Uh, <laughs> uh, that'd be a big vat of it. Let's go to Josh in Toronto. Hi, Josh. Hi, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Um, I don't really have a question. It's more an opinion. Um, you know, with everything going on with COVID, I really do think the government should be doing more to donate more vaccines to poorer countries because, honestly, we'll just get more variants and this will just keep going on forever. So hopefully something more can be done in regards to that. Um, you know what? Uh, a lot of people are saying that and uh, that we, the richer countries, haven't done a good job. But then there's also an issue of distribu- distributing the vaccines. Yeah. I was I was really upset because I heard a report in the last couple of days that a huge number of vaccines were thrown out because they expired in Nigeria. Yeah. And I think the issue was getting it into people's arms. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's also an issue of, uh, you know, are they getting short-dated vaccines? Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's a multi-issue issue, but it's just it just seems that that's the way that this ends, and hopefully it can improve. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I think uh, we're coming to that realization uh, as we get on to our fifth wave. And, the, mm-hmm. the like, one big difference from now and 100 years ago when, you know, they had three waves. Yeah. 
is that people travel more and and you know unless everybody is vaccinated we're we're going to be vulnerable to this and i just want to make one other quick opinion i also do think there should be more done in terms of enforcing mask wearing in buildings like apartment buildings because i live in an apartment and there's very few people that um mask up or do anything so i don't know what can be done on that but it just seems that it could be dangerous with the variant okay um well you know it's it's your apartment building and there are people who run it so uh you know you and other tenants or owners whatever kind of building it is you know you can make that happen Okay, thank you for listening. Okay, thanks, Josh. Merry Christmas. Okay, let's see who has, uh, who's next. Uh, Melanie in Toronto. Hi, Melanie. Hi, how are you? Uh, It's so nice that you're here when you could be at home. Uh, I just want to say we need to be more grateful uh, for what we have. We have unbelievable health care, researchers, scientists, doctors. We're not refugees like some refugees are in tents, in mud, children unfed. We need to count our blessings. And for me, Christmas is for me as a Christian, the birth of Christ, and he was a refugee into Egypt. So all of us have been refugees at one time, our families, and and we need to look at that and be so grateful and say, thank you, God, for what I have, not for what I don't have. And, and I think that's the problem. And the most important part is, yes, being with family, being able to talk to people on the phone like we are now. Who can the refugees talk to when their children are sick, dying in their arms, and, and they're being abused and terrorized? We should be thankful, Fred. Look, look how okay, we, you Melanie. and I can connect. Yeah, I'm glad you're thankful, and Merry Christmas to you. Okay, uh, let us go to Sandra in Toronto. Hi, Sandra. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, thank you. I called yesterday and I got cut off. Okay. I had a question about the distribution of the kits. The the rapid tests. Yes. And I was just wondering why the government doesn't use the post office to distribute a kit to each household, which would be a lot easier. Uh, and much more convenient than people lining up at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure that's an option for them. That would be uh, very expensive, and uh, I don't know how quickly you'd get the test kits. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I can't answer that. I don't know why they're doing it the way they're doing. And and uh, I, there's a there's a shortage of the kits. Obviously, they yeah. don't have enough of them. But they keep distributing thousands of kits. Is there, and you never know whether it's to the same people who already have one. Uh, that's I know true. Some people who have got four kids. I don't know why they need a four four kids in their household. I think that kids, school kids, were sent home with five kids each. Yeah. Why though? Uh, so they could keep getting tested because uh, you know what the one thing they say about those rapid tests they are good for the moment that mm-hmm. you take them. But it's possible that there are false negatives or that the virus hasn't really incubated enough to show up. It's possible for you to test negative and then to be positive a day or so later. So yeah, that's why. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be make more sense to give it to people like essential workers first? 
Well, uh, essential workplaces should already have them because there's been a program in place uh, to have those kits on a monthly basis to workplaces and uh, essential workplaces. So I don't know why you don't have any at your workplace if you're going into work. Yeah. No, like my business is where we need the staff in the office. And, uh, you know, they keep saying they can't get the kids to get tested just so that, but they still come to work. Well, yeah, but again... Um, yeah. If you're if you're an essential business, you mm-hmm. could qualify for a kit, and you have to apply for it. I'm not sure exactly where. Possibly yeah. a chamber of commerce. That's, That's a very different stream than a personal than the personal test kits. But yeah, they're hard to get, yeah. and uh, you know people are missing them. Sandra, thanks for your call and. Merry Christmas. And I'm looking at the clock and we need to take a break, but we'll be back with more of your calls and your comments. Uh, Again, we're talking about COVID. We're talking about Christmas, COVID and Christmas. What's your situation? Um, What's going on with you? Have you adjusted your plans? Uh, And um, how do you feel about things in general? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back with more of your calls, your comments, and your thoughts. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Zneimer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday, this Christmas Eve free-for-all Friday. I'm going to go right to the phones, but let me give you the numbers again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'd like to hear from you about whatever is on your mind. It's Christmas Eve. Have you changed your plans? What are your plans? And how are you feeling? Um, you know, it's, uh, it can be a difficult time of year. And if people are not seeing family the way they'd like, it can be uh, a bit of a down. So let's talk. And I also want to hear about other things. Uh, let us go to Sam in Toronto. Hi, Sam. How are you? Not bad. How are you, Libby? Happy uh, holiday. Merry Christmas. Thank you. you. And everybody, all the staff. And uh, Ziv is off, I guess. But I said, I, when I called, I said, hello, Ziv. And the guy said, I'm not no, Ziv. <laughs> no, it's Jeremy today. It's Jeremy today. Anyway, I just want to give you an update. You you made a point about um, uh, testing, you know. Yep. And uh, don't trust the first test. Don't, do not trust the first test. Because if you've been around people... Uh, since, like, you know, uh, risky people, if you get a test negative, even if it's a PCR test, you got to do a second one. Because I don't know if you remember, I called you three days ago about my daughter yep. on, like, Monday, and um, she was going to come come home. She went to work and said, since I'm negative, I'm going to come home. And then she called me around, like, 8, 9 p.m. and said, Dad, I'm not going to come home. I said, why not? And said, uh, she said that uh, she's coming up with a couple of symptoms. She has a bit of headache and a sore throat. 
and she don't she, she doesn't want to risk it. So I insist that she comes, but she I think she made a good choice. She made the right choice, and now she's uh, even though she's not tested again because the lineups are really really huge and she can't get tested, but she is coming with all the symptoms. She's losing uh, taste. Oh dear! Uh, uh, nauseating, uh, you know she's throwing up, and uh, you know all kinds of stuff. Anyway, but you know what? If if she's losing taste, it might not be Omicron; it might be Delta. Because I I'm pretty sure that you know why the reason I say Omicron is this because the person that she's leaving right now, her friend, a university friend who has uh, Omicron. Yeah. Okay. She is in her condo. That's why she's quarantined there rather than in our place. And uh, she tested positive, and she has Omicron, okay? So she definitely got it from her, because that's the person who originated, I mean, initiated the whole thing, her testing positive. And her mistake, Libby, was that she only had lunch with her. And then when she called, and she said, I'm testing positive, and my daughter panicked. She thought she's going to give it to me, so she went to her home, you know, and then called me from there. I think... The fact that she went to her increased her risks, and she actually got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm I'm a little confused by it, but you know, uh, um, if she, you know, she was unmasked, uh, eating with no, this she person. Masked. See, she, I make it fast. She on Wednesday she got a lunch break with her. She came and visit her, and uh, that's it for two hours. On Friday she called her, her friend called her, and said, "I tested positive." Uh, I did a rapid test, and I tested positive. So she, my daughter panicked at that moment. She didn't know what to do. She didn't tell me anything. She went straight to her home and uh, to called me from and said, I'm going to stay here until I get tested. Okay. You understand? So I think her returning to her place uh, caused her to uh, actually get it. Mm, I, I I wouldn't think that. I, she probably got it from having a, a two-hour lunch unmasked. If she was you eating, oh, so? well, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know. Uh, and you know what? At the end, at the end of the day, she got matter, it. Guess, it's very know? transmissible. She got it. You know, let's just hope she gets over it I quickly. So. I and hope it's, everyone, uh, you know, deals with this in a in a right way, and we get this one passed. And I guess we have to live with this, you know, and uh, somehow. Uh, the best the best policy is to be extra careful. There is no other choice, you know. Well, There's yeah, no and choice. you know the uh, the the thing is that even if you are pretty careful, you might get it. No, uh, exactly. See, I go I go every day. I get to go to one hundred different locations. You know, every day. I even go for projects to hospitals. You know, I pass by. It's been two years, and I hit the wood. You know, I take all the precautions, double masking, triple masking, uh, spray everything, and up to now, so good. But then, you see, my daughter can get it and can give it to you. You, you know what I'm saying? So yep. it's not 100% insured. You know, that's the way it is. That's life. Well, that's... Uh, we- that's that that absolutely is and you, you know it's interesting that even with symptoms she's having a hard time getting a test and yeah, when we it's been we like uh, almost a week it's been 5 days and she's calling like getting up from 7:30 7 o'clock in the morning calling calling and and this is really ridiculous in a country in a that is already prepared for 2 years for all sort of different surprises the fact that at this point uh People cannot get on the test who who feel they're actually positive. 
this is ridiculous, you know. Like, well, yeah, you know, but on the other hand, I mean, the lab capacity is I understand. is I understand. is at the breaking point. You know, we were talking to Dr. Kevin Smith, who's the CEO of UHN. Uh, and basically, he said, if you've got symptoms, just assume that you have it and deal with it. Stay at home and isolate because of course. they need the and test one, for one the health care workers. The fact that, you know, this is odd because the UHN, I mean, the Ministry of Health told them there is a third roommate. If he gets it, their quarantine restarts again from the date that he got it, which is very, I don't understand that, that part. But, uh, like, uh, if she said, if you start showing symptoms, then your quarantine starts from that day again for another 10 days. Uh, uh, this is very odd. This is very. And the rules, strange. the rules for kids are, are even, they're, they're just, the rules for kids are apparently if your kid has one symptom, like a runny nose, I've right. got to tell you, I have a runny nose every day of my life. But if your I mean, kid has sinuses, you know, <laughs> yeah, if your kid has one symptom, a runny nose or a scratchy throat, whatever it is, you have to your whole family has to isolate. And then if another oh. kid gets a runny nose, that's another 10 days. So that's I, another 10 days. That's really silly. But I think the reason they say that is probably because you can carry the virus, even though you're immune, you can carry the virus with you from the new case and give it to the next person. So that's what they're thinking, probably. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. if you're quarantined and then after 10 days, a new person starts having symptoms, you can get that, uh, you know, that virus yeah, from but that. I mean, I'm just saying that that seems overly uh, difficult. I know, I know. It is. And not only that, because we are all on your own. Everybody is on their own, even though government says help and everything else. You know, if you lose days for work, and that's another thing that my daughter said, I don't want you to lose days at work. Nobody's going to help you if you... Well, there's there's three sick days. Sam, I've got to let you go. We have people okay, lined you. up. Thank you. Have a great one. And the, uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Okay. Merry Christmas to you if you celebrate or whatever. Um, let's go to Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. Hi, Levy. Geez, I seem to be on the radio a lot lately. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, listen, mine's a quick... Maybe it's a question more than an answer. Um, my son and um, his mother, um, he lives in Montreal. She's in Gatineau. Um, yesterday afternoon, they walked into a Quebec pharmacy. He got his uh, five rapid tests. She got her five rapid tests just by showing their card, their Quebec health card. My son's been trying to find me a kit anywhere in the area, and there are none available. What's going on? Um, well, first of all, uh, I wouldn't envy the situation in Quebec. It's even worse than it is here. They hit 9,500 yesterday. Uh, that's what we're hitting today. But, but they seem to be much more slammed and strapped and they have a smaller population. So I wouldn't envy it, but it looks like when it comes to the kits, they are more organized. I was, uh, talking to a friend of mine who lives in Halifax and she had no trouble getting kits. She's got all kinds of kits and here, you know, it's it's the Hunger Games to try to get them. So um, whoever uh, handled that, either the procurement or the distribution, and I think they've had those kits in storage for ages. So this, uh, this is like a big schmozzle, but obviously there aren't enough of them. 
Well, my, the kids on my school bus, obviously, they went home with them. I don't know. Maybe uh, school bus drivers aren't an essential job. I don't know. I mean, I got my booster yesterday afternoon. Other than a sore left shoulder, um, I'm fine. But I'm more worried about the fact that I'm expected to go to a Christmas dinner tonight in Toronto with um, some other people, with a few other people that I know. But I'm I'm still upset that I can't get... Um, the rapid antigen test anywhere in Ontario. Well, uh, I've, you've got a lot of noise on. The, uh, good luck. I mean, I don't know. You're going to have to consider if uh, you should still be going to that dinner. And um, yeah, uh, it's everybody is making those those tough choices. And again, we've just uh, we just talked to Sam, and his daughter tested negative, and then she started having sy- symptoms. Those tests are good for the moment that you take the test. Well, you know what the problem is before I let you go is that there's a guilt complex there about, well, you know what, um, why don't you come? Why aren't you coming? And I thought, you know what, Libby, I'm 73 years old. I've got my third shot, but that still doesn't stop me from getting sick, does it? Well, uh, and you're, if you got your third shot yesterday, the, you need two weeks for those antibodies to build up. Oh, dandy. Yeah, they're not, they haven't kicked in yet. And if you're a bus driver, Ron... They should give you some rapid tests. They that should. makes no sense to give them to the children on your bus, but not to you. That is, that's just irresponsible, especially at your age. Well, all right. Listen, you've got a lot of other people to talk to today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, have, and uh, good luck holiday. making your decision about Christmas dinner. <laughs> I'm going to have to think twice, I know. Okay, thanks, Ron. Thanks, bye. Everybody has to think twice. It's just a whole other layer of, uh, yeah, it's a whole other layer of, of stress and whatever. But you know what? I think at this point, honestly, if you decide that you can't go to what you were going to go to, or if somebody decides they can't go to you, I mean, uh, I'd have to say back off. It's, it's understandable. It really is. Uh, let us go to Malcolm in London. Hi, Malcolm. Hi there. Um, a few days ago, you were talking about pensions. I uh, work for the provincial government, um, and I, I, I'm not now because I'm retired, but I also got an indexing every year. But what people don't say is that, I mean, you know, when they deducted, when they de- took stuff off my pay- paycheck, Something went to the pension and something went to the cost of living. So that's why I get the cost of living. It's not because we work for the government that we get free cost of living, but nobody explains that. Yeah, except other people who also had uh, money deducted for their pensions don't. Um, uh, So uh, the government pensions, what? I realize that people don't get it, but we pay into it, so that's why we get it. Well, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's a very generous pension, even if you paid into it. Other people paid into their pensions, and they don't get—they're not indexed. Right. Uh, so uh, it's another thing to be thankful for in this season. You've got a good government pension, Malcolm. (laughs) That's right. Thanks for that. And the other thing is— and uh, they're talking about this uh, twenty uh, uh, ex, uh, was it twenty one in in Quebec? Oh, the bill twenty one. Yes, twenty one bill. Yeah, um, I thought state and and uh, religion didn't didn't, didn't agree. 
didn't uh, didn't mesh. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, people say that uh, that's not that that's that's not operative here. So you know, um, there's church and state are separate, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, can't wear a, a hijab or a turban and do your job. Anyway, uh, thanks for your call, Malcolm. Whoops. Thanks for that. Merry Christmas to you. You Thank too. You very much. Merry Christmas. Uh, okay. Uh, let us go to where we're going to. Let's go to Wendy in Guelph. Hi, Wendy. Hi, how are you? Thank you for your sh- Are you there? Hello? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, go ahead. You're on the air, Wendy. Thank you for your show and all the information you passed to everybody. I have a couple of comments. Um, the bus driver uh, not getting the rapid test. Uh, I have a bus driver that lives in the house where I live, and she said she was told that the rapid tests for the drivers are only for the ones non-vaccinated, and she was not able to get one because she is vaccinated. So they're saving them for the people that are not vaccinated who drive the bus. So they are not entitled to them if they are vaccinated. The kids oh, that are. doesn't. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> that, the news is just getting worse here. Isn't uh, it? Oh, you don't. Uh, I don't even want to go into a whole bunch uh, of my conversations because I got some on your earlier in the week. The inflation, the cost of food. I live on my disability, so I buy reduced food at all the different stores. There's no fresh food and stuff, so I live in that. Um, the Christmas stuff is a very bad time of year, uh, you know, for lots of many, many people. And there's just so much going on and people just seem that, oh, I'm going out and about, so I should get a test. And it's almost like a very spoiled society that feel they're entitled as opposed to this is just what's going on in the whole world, not just here. Uh, you know? that's uh, You are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. But the government did buy those tests, and they bought them for us, so people want yeah. them. And it, it is, you know, it's, it's at least a way to to stay safe. To try and stay safe. To yes, try to I've stay to safe. a number of the places to try and find them, and you can't find them where they, you know, the liquor stores or whatever, not that oh. I would go there, but... Yeah. So anyway, but you have a very good time off. I'm not going to go holiday and, you know, all that stuff. But thank you for your show. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your call and Merry Christmas to you. Okay. Uh, Let's go to Skip in Toronto. Hi, Skip. Hi. I was, first, I would like to say Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Um, What I would like to speak about is about this virus business. Now, on the right hand, they're telling you, we got to get everybody vaccinated. And that will let to cut down on the spread of the virus and whatever the case is. Then on the left hand, they're saying, you know what, even if you are vaccinated, it does not mean that you cannot catch the... Yeah, but what it, do- what it does mean is that you are less likely to die or to end up in the hospital or in intensive care uh, on breathing machines. And, you know, from the very beginning, that's been the message about the vaccine, that the vaccine... What? Let me tell you more. No, uh, I mean, uh, that is the point of the vaccine. I mean, here I'm reading your comment, said the messaging is confusing. Uh, So... I don't think it's confusing because from the beginning, 
They've said that the vaccine will, in most cases, prevent severe disease, death and hospitalization and not in everyone. Nothing is perfect. But uh, yeah, so for for all the people who say, look, people are getting uh, the virus, even if they're vaccinated. Well, yeah, especially this this one. But, you know, most of them don't have to go to the hospital. They're isolating at home. A lot of them have absolutely no symptoms. Some people have mild symptoms. So there you go. That is the point of the vaccine. Uh, I am going to take another break now. Before we go to break, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We will be back after the break. And I see on our board that people want to talk about Bill 21 and Patrick Brown. And that was a lively conversation yesterday. So, um, yeah, we'll get into that when we come back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer. A free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday, this Christmas Eve Free For All Friday. And as I mentioned before the break, we uh, have some people who want to talk about Patrick Brown and Bill 21. So let's get to it. Arlene in Lindsay. Hello, Arlene. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thank you. Anyways, uh, my take on this is Let's clean up our own backyard first before we start going into other people's backyard and cleaning that up. Um, I understand this girl's plight 100%, but the problem is she's not respecting their laws, which say, okay, we don't want you to wear it. Uh, this is the way it is. We hire at the board. This is how we want it. If you worked at Costco, you can't work topless. They have their standards. Yeah, but it's, it's, you can't really, uh, I mean, religious freedom, you know, religions, some religions require you to wear things if you're religious. And it, it has nothing to do with her ability to teach. I mean, that's, you know, religious freedom is kind of a, you know, it's, it's foundational for a lot of people. I mean, and where do you draw the line? I mean, the argument that Patrick Brown said is, and he obviously has a lot of uh, people who are from religious minorities in Brampton, who wear things like turbans. Uh, And remember, years ago, like, it, it was a fight, to allow people to wear a turban in the RCMP. But uh, the the deal is that if they have a law that makes discrimination legal, that could have implications for all of us. And, and uh, you know, we know of other countries that have laws that are very discriminatory, and that's a reason why a lot of people came to this country. Well, I agree 100%, but that's not... I agree with what you're saying 100%. But there are people who don't agree with that because I find that the consensus is people are bending all the time to accommodate and they don't like it anymore. Like what happens to the way we live sort of thing where we don't wear turbans and we don't carry the, the daggers, etc. Like 
that too is a threat to people like how uh, how does somebody else's turban threaten threaten not me but not other me. people just just from listening to it they they want it to be canada again like when there wasn't all this going on and i and I understand both sides of it because, like I said, I respect all people and their wishes, whether it be religious or whatever, their, their dress code. I mean, there's people who dress like slobs, people who dress great, et cetera, et cetera, and you don't criticize them anymore. So the point is, again, too, let the people do what they want to do, but this is the way they want it in Quebec. So she has to respect that part of it if she wants to work for the board in Quebec. That's... That's well, the way it is. Well, that that is that is the way it is at the moment. But uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people feel that is not the way it should be. And and again, you know, I, I'm not going to compare this to other historic examples. But uh, you know, it it's a law that discriminates, and if that is upheld as legal, that could potentially have implications for the rest of us. Yeah, I, I agree. But I'm just yeah. saying we, we need to clean up our own backyard and, and put that 100000 that they're putting out, et cetera, into roads or, you know, um, health care, whatever. You, you know, know a I'm lot saying? of a lot of people agree about that. I have to look say after that. Ontario. You know what I'm saying? This is where we're at, and and let Quebec deal with their their issues and Saskatchewan and everybody else has got issues because there are a million out there right now. Okay, Arlene, <laughs> Merry Christmas and thanks for your call. You too. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye bye. Okay, Brenda and Don Mills. What do you have to say about Bill 21 and Patrick Brown? Hi, Libby. Hi. Thanks. Thanks so much for what you do. It's marvelous. And, Thank you and so much. Taking a break from the virus, I, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to share my opinion about the Patrick Brown Go ahead. initiative. And uh, first of all, I'm going to be really clear. Bill 21 is blatantly discriminatory. But backing up from that, I don't think it's Patrick Brown's fight. And I think that uh, the more... People like him try to make this their fight. They neglect their own communities uh, financially. But I also think the bigger problem is that it, it may let the federal government off the hook. In my view, they should be the ones tackling this. But I, I, I see the federal government is very weak on this, although they think nothing about espousing human rights around the world. I, I that doesn't with, cost them votes, does it? Well, <laughs> so, I, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming that that's what it's all about. But I, I think boundaries are important, and political boundaries are important. And and where money gets spent, it's a, it may be a bit of a droll topic, but I think it's wrong. Well, and, I mean, you know what about the federal government? Uh, and he he called it calling them weak. I mean, th- this appeasement of Quebec is just, I mean, honestly, really, I I agree with you that this law is blatantly discriminatory. And I know it's complicated, but, you know, and, and they need votes in Quebec. And the conservative leader isn't any better. And and even the NDP leader who would be targeted by this law, like it took him a while. And yeah. they're they're making all kinds of word salads 
and you know what? The one thing Patrick Brown said yesterday that kind of stuck with me, uh, he said he believes one day somebody's going to be getting up in some legislature or in parliament and apologizing for this. Well, we know who that will be. Well, it might take longer than that, but, yeah. but uh, yeah, he's good at apologizing. <laughs> yeah, very good at apologizing. Anyway, I was uh, uh, calling just to take a departure from the virus for a few minutes anyway, and, and thank you very much and wish all the best to your listeners for the holiday season. Okay, thank you, and all the best to you for the holiday season. Thanks, Libby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Lisa in Beaverton. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Hello, uh, uh, Libby. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, Not too bad. I'm kind of worried about Quebec. With Bill 21? Yep. Has anybody thought of the fact that Quebec could separate over this? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been said. I don't know that actual, like, well, what do they need to separate for? It, you know, Francois Legault is very strong and he's, he's, uh, you know, uh, he's giving them rights to do all kinds of things. Uh, yes, and that's, it, that's always brought up as a reason not to, you know, get involved or whatever it is. But I believe this is handling, uh, Blanchette, a nice little gift. Because uh, Quebec bashing really does not go over that well in Quebec. And I believe we have no right to tell them what to do, because that is what their people want. And isn't that democracy? Yeah, except that if it's discriminatory. Yes, but is it? Is it, is it actually I mean, like, part of a religion that a woman has to wear a hijab? Has uh, anybody checked into that? Well, you know what? That's up to them, because I know there are people who read the Quran, and depending on which uh, stream of Islam, and I used to study this many, many years ago, uh, you can argue it's not really part of the religion. Is it? Is it really your place in, in Beaverton to tell somebody who is a Muslim what is part of their religion. I mean, well, yeah, well, I mean, actually, uh, we are the founding peoples of this country, and Quebec is a founding people. Shouldn't we have some rights in this country? Uh, don't I mean, you we have? Take, we take these immigrants in and we look after them very well. Can they not bow to our uh, rules? Well, if if somebody observes a faith and uh, they have to, you know, wear a symbol uh, and, you know, I don't understand how that hurts us. I mean, and remember, you, you know, at the moment, frankly, around the world, Christians are persecuted around the world and terribly in places like North Korea. And, you know, uh, I'm sure that as a Christian, uh, I'm assuming you're a Christian, or we, you know, people uh, are not happy about that. Nobody says, you know, those North Koreans, uh, they can persecute people for practicing Christianity. And uh, in Myanmar, that's also the case. There, There are places around the world, and now, I guess, uh, you know, the the last time I checked up on this, Christians were actually the most persecuted religion, uh, even though I believe they're also the most populous religion. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's applying the same principles. If we say that we believe everybody should practice their faith, you know, as long as it doesn't infringe on other people. But, um, you know, obviously... Uh, uh, 
federal government should be the ones to do this, not everybody else. You, and you know Trudeau what I, is not touching it. Doesn't that tell people something? Yeah, that he wants, uh, he, he's worried about votes in Quebec. That's what it tells us, no? be worried. He should be. Okay, Lisa. So, I mean, this is my this is my opinion. Yep. If you don't agree with it, fine. But this is my opinion. Okay. All right? Thanks. Merry I Christmas. Okay. All righty. Is there anybody? Yes. One more on Bill Twenty One. Barry in Orangeville. Hi, Barry. Hello. How are you? Fine. How are you? Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. I'd just like to be brief and make one point, okay? Yeah. I ride a motorcycle. I've ridden a motorcycle since I was 14, and it has to do with religious beliefs. Um, Sikhs are riding motorcycles in the province of Ontario wearing turbans and no helmets. My point is, when is religion, you know, finally going to, push past the laws of common sense in our land. And I think people need to be aware of that. You know, I, you know I, a lot of people were upset with the wearing of turban and changing the RCMP's official uniform. And I think that's what upsets some people. Well, I, know, I've, uh, I've heard about that issue of Sikhs, uh, some Sikhs wearing turbans and no helmets, and I think there was some solution, I don't know, some helmets that can accommodate a turban. I mean, when you're talking about safety, uh, I agree that there's some kind of accommodation that has to be made there. Uh, and I think there is something underway. Because okay, that's... Well, this summer, yeah? this summer, I saw about nine of them. Okay. Driving down the road, turbans. And my point is, we all pay into OHIP. It's socialized medicine. Uh-huh. Do they sign a waiver should something happen to them that they're not entitled to social medicine? Like, my point is, religion cannot be a burden to all the taxpayers of this country. Yeah, but you know, that argument, uh, you know, I, I hear from people who say uh, people who refused a vaccine should not be allowed to get treatment in hospital if they get COVID. And some people say people who smoke should not get treatment for lung cancer. So it's a very, very slippery slope when you start with that. And, and that is like beyond a religious issue, I think. Anyway, Barry, uh, uh, we are uh, getting close to the end of the show. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for your call. To you. Enjoy the holidays. Thank you very much. Okay, let's see. Do we have... We'll take a call from Ruth. Ruth, uh, you're going to have to be quite quick. Please uh, tell us what's on your mind. You want to talk about your Christmas plans. Oh, I just called um, Libby... I have to go tomorrow to Burlington, and I was going to go on the GO train. I'm a bit concerned. Um, I've had my booster shot, my flu shot, the whole thing, but I'm 85 years old, and I'm a bit concerned about going, to be quite honest. Honestly, I I don't blame you. Is there another way you could get there? Well, I don't drive the highway much anymore, and um, my son-in-law said he could come, but... I don't know, to come in and go out, come in and go out, it's a bit of a pain. So I just thought I'd take the GO train, but I've been concerned about it with all this uh, 
high counts. You know what? If your son-in-law made that nice offer, take him up on it. Okay. <laughs> I what? just didn't know what to do, and I don't. I promised my daughter I'd come for Christmas, and I'd hate to disappoint her. But anyways, you gotta think of your own self sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember when my mother-in-law was alive uh, in Peterborough. My husband used to go and pick her up and bring her back. Yeah. Well, he did that at Thanksgiving, and God bless him. He offered to do it again. But I thought, oh, gosh, it's supposed to rain and this and that, but uh, maybe it'll be worth it. So and yeah. we'll enjoy Christmas. Yeah. But thank you so much for taking my call. I enjoy your show no end. Okay, thank you for that, and Merry Christmas, and, and you have a nice son-in-law. <laughs> thank you so much. All righty. Let's see if we have time for one more. Uh, you know what? We are uh, basically out of time. That's all the time we have for, for, for Fight Back for the week and for today. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. I'll be back here on Monday, and we'll talk more. See you then. Fight Back with Libby Snymer is produced by Zeev Hadi with technical production by Jordan Chakravarti and Jeremy Logan. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.